0: Welcome to New Zealand Vegan Podcast, episode 112, I think. I'm your host, Elizabeth Collins, and today I have a very, very special guest on the show. Please tell everyone, introduce yourself.
1: Hello, hello. My name's Toine Kore Peters, but everybody calls me Bubs.
0: And we have a great announcement. First of all, we just want to say we've become the New Zealand TAVs chapter. We were officially recognized by the TAVs um, admin and founder, Sarah K. Woodcock. Thank you, Sarah, for giving us the opportunity. So we are now an official TAVs chapter, and it's very, very exciting. And we're going to be doing a lot of work together. And I really wanted to introduce Bubs to everybody. I've talked about him before because we've been doing advocacy, but I just wanted him to. Um, uh, he has a really great insight, which I think is so useful for others to hear. So, Bubs, I was hoping that you could share with people what it was exactly that attracted you to abolitionist veganism and the theory of animal rights by Gary Francione.
1: Well, um, to get a long story short, it wasn't the gory pictures. Because, you know, <laughs> just let everybody know it wasn't the gory pictures that got to me, because coming from a culture where your avatar worker, you know, or your meat processing worker would probably be um, the type of background where I come from, not that I've worked in that type of area, but um, what got to me was, Gary's work was, how veganism extends and tries to, where he was trying to say that, you know, this oppression is that oppression, and this oppression, they're all related. And um, that's, that's the thing that kind of got me interested.
0: So, tell everybody what's your, what's your social, ethnic, cultural background, just so everybody gets an insight on what you were just talking about about the abattoir workers in, in Auckland and things like that. Okay,
1: well, I'm a Pacific Islander, a Polynesian. My mother is from the Cook Islands, and my father is Rotuman, which is uh, Fijian. So, I do have, um, I think, some bit of English or um, in some irish blood but um, both my parents are both i was born in the islands i grew up there but i've spent a lot of time in new zealand and i have spent some time traveling and so i belong to that you know that particular ethnic group uh, pacific islander and um, auckland being a big hub for pacific island people and you would find us in in jobs where you know, we're not many would like. You know, that's where we are. Not to say that the um, islanders in other areas, of course, they are, but um, pre 19, I think 1980s, a lot of Pacific islands were brought here to work in industries in um, animal exploitation industries. So we're we're represented there a lot. So.
0: So a lot um, of slaughterhouse workers over here. They call it the freezing works. Um, and you said something about how because there it's it's a lot of knife skill. You need you need skill with mm. a knife.
1: Well, I mean, and I don't want to blab, but Islanders were very talented with um, Mercedes knives, things like that, mm-hmm. and very really skilled, very really hardworking. Mm. And um, these companies like that type of thing. You know, we're very loyal to the to the uh, to our industry, and um, sadly, sadly, we um, you know we've taken it as part of our culture now. And that's the type of thing I want to, you know, address, where um, veganism is a way to, um, you know, to show us a way out of this. I mean, you know, it is it is jobs for people. I've had people come into me and say, "Oh, it's work." Of course, it's work, and I don't want to undermine anybody, because everybody has to work. Everybody needs to pay rent and buy. You know, but um, veganism, and especially abolitionism, is. Um, it kind of woke me up to you know to realize that you know we live in a non-vegan world, but that doesn't mean we can't do anything. So uh, you know, that's that's my take.
0: Yeah, I think it's awesome um, when you told me about how you about first of all the the industries, the this, the the least. Pre- the the hardest work and and it's and it's it's the work that nobody really wants to do is given to the immigrant community because um, mostly they're taken advantage of in terms of pay and things like that so I'm not really sure how much the jobs pay but I know that there's probably job security and and people are feeding their children on it but it is it is work that I mean slaughterhouse work or or um, fish work where you're you know it's it's hard work it's not um, it's not, I mean, it's it's just like in other countries, um, I was actually watching a documentary about rape in the fields, it was called Rape in the Fields, and it was about Mexican, the, the agriculture um, community in, in, in America, and the women, the immigrant community, a lot of them were undocumented, but then they moved into, a lot of them, like, it just moved into a chicken factory, and then it moved into a meat factory, so again, over there, um, it is uh, a, a place where they're giving jobs to they're pick. They're picking out certain ethnic, um, yeah. cultural groups to do these types of jobs, and um, and at the same time, they're not even. I mean, in, in the society that we live in, um, they're not even provided with the the, the top quality products of the own of their own uh, working places. Um, not that I endorse any animal use, but you said insight to me to that when you talked about how there's pig heads. For sale and things like that mm. in South Auckland supermarkets, and the the rumor is that that's what that's what people like to eat. But the bottom line is that's not it's not because that that's their first choice of meat product to eat. It's because it's what they're given, and all the top quality meat product goes to the other goes to the white society or or the rich part of town and things like that. So I love how you want to educate people about how they can elevate themselves out of the social oppression that they're in, and that veganism is a way for them to connect. The oppression that's happening to their communities to elevate themselves out of the cycle of oppression of others, and I think it's going to be great.
1: Mm. Well, I mean, um, to bring it back to the the gory pictures, bring it back to advocacy. Um, I think one thing that, um, piece of advice is um, the, advo- the the gory pictures won't work if we're trying to advocate to these type of people. You know, to, mm. to my crowd, they won't work because you know we've seen that before. We've worked in slaughterhouses. Mm. Like I personally slaughtered animals before for food. Mm. Mm. So the gory pictures won't work. They might work with a generation, a younger generation, who or people who, I mean, the majority who don't work in this industry. So, I mean, in regards to advocacy, the gory pictures don't work. We need something else. And that's where abolition comes in.
0: Because
1: abolition is saying that, you know, we are oppressed, you know, you know. Mm. we we are, because we are part of that system. You know, we're doing the job. We're part of this uh, meat exploitation. And as the workers, we're doing the dirty work. Yeah, you know, and Gary's work, evolution um, work, to kind of points that out, and that's why I was attracted to it. So the girl, the glory pictures and, and all these pictures of death and of the the factory farming and the videos and all that, they won't resonate to you know to this particular this this ethnic group because we see it all the time. You know, every every everyone in my background knows how to slaughter an animal for food because we do it all the time. Mm. So there needs to be something else, and evolution can explain what that other thing is. You know, we're being caught up in this exploitation of animals and, you know, where there's no need, there's really no need. You know, we can live on a vegetable-based diet and, you know, it's more healthier. So how do we, how do we, what's the path for us to get out of this um, cycle, veganism being that path?
0: That is yeah. a, that is such a great insight, yeah. and I'd never thought of that before because yeah. obviously I, you know, I've never been in that background. I come from a totally different yeah. um, group. My mother was a nurse, and
1: mm. and the second point is like you're talking about the um, the the pig heads or the fish heads that's sold in uh, in my neighbourhood. Mm. I mean, the thing is, those products are sold there, so I mean. But we forget that the, the pig is not just the head. Where's all the other cuts? Mm. They probably it on the other side of town. Yeah. You know, so it doesn't mean just because we got the head that you know this area is a bit different from that area. Now, you know, mm. we can't look at it like that. Mm. So even though the pig heads are here and people will say, oh, you know, you can't believe they walked into a uh, countdown in South Auckland and, and saw a pig head all wrapped up. And but I mean, what's the difference?
0: Mm. If, you, if you
1: go to the other side of town, you will find the the loin there. You know. <laughs> yeah. But it still it comes from the same area. It's the same thing. So we kind of, um, we got to try and get away from the, you know, the the use of that imagery because it won't resonate to these people. Mm. And, you know, we need something else. So this abolition movement, Gary's trying to say, um, this oppression, and, you know, there's links to racism and everything else. Mm. You know, there are links there. Gary's trying to say that. And veganism is a way out. It's a way to understand. Firstly, it's a way to understand it, what's going on. And secondly, secondly, I mean, it's a way out. You know, by... Instantly becoming a vegan, you're instantly showing your protest. You're instantly saying you don't want to partake in that anymore, and that's powerful. You know that's very powerful. So I mean, how do I fight the? How do I fight oppression? That's you know, that I'm I'm surround? I be vegan because in that instant, I'm declaring publicly my opposition to that. Mm. And um, yeah.
0: Yeah it's it's awesome it's a wonderful insight um and it's definitely true that there's no difference to the animal or to the morality of it but it it what, there is a, there is an injustice um we are the one of the things about abolitionist veganism i think what you're talking about is abolitionist veganism because veganism itself um uh, just the, the general generic definition is, you know, we don't eat, use or we're animals. But abolitionist veganism, Gary's work is the one that connects all the social other social justice issues in a really clear way that's been really, really developed. I think Donald Watson did mention it. Um and if you read the um the Why Veganism by Ava Batts, she talks about you know, treating the earth and all its inhabitants and things, but the, the, the real connection, as you say, has come from Gary's work, um, the abolitionist approach to um, the um, speciesism being connected with racism, and I just think it's fantastic, and I'm, that is why it's going to work, that is why the abolitionist movement is going to work, because it doesn't, it is a global, universal movement, and it's such incredible insight for me to, because I never considered that, I, I, I was ignorant, I never considered, even though I don't use gory photos, I didn't have the insight that Bubbs just shared that where there's going to be a certain people who the gory photos are going to mean nothing because since they were young they were placed in that environment it was their job, their father might have done that job, and the gory photos aren't going to shock them in any way and they might feel it as a personal um, attack to them and to what they do for a living and it'll it'll confuse the issue whereas when you take an approach like what we're taking and what Bubbs is going to be doing in South Auckland with his tabs um advocacy is showing them that they are too part of an oppression that they're caught up in and um, that veganism is the way out of that for all of us and he's already been doing that with people who've been coming up to us at the stalls so I just think it's fantastic insight and I really wanted him to to share it with us and um, I'm learning heaps and heaps from hanging around with him and doing advocacy with them as well, because we all have our narrow views. We're all stuck with our own upbringing. It's it's nice to be well traveled and broad minded and things, but you're still kind of stuck in your own paradigm. And that's why we need all different advocates from all different types of people's ages, colors, you know, cultures, whatever you want to call it that's what's going to make the difference and the beautiful thing about the abolitionist movement and Tav's advocacy because it's based on the abolitionist movement is that we're going to break you know we're not going to be alienating anybody because it's all inclusive because everybody can relate to um, oppression in some way and um, and um, we don't use the gory photos because um, most of the time that they just don't really work um, and um, you're missing a whole subset of people to whom it won't mean anything, it won't resonate um, whereas when you talk about injustice and when you talk about fairness, basic fairness, and what lives in the human heart of, you know, doing the right thing and not being a bully, um, then you've got you got a lot further and you've got a lot more reach to a lot more different people. So I really appreciate the fact that you've come along mm. and that you you know became an abolitionist and became a vegan and that you're actually an active advocate for veganism. I think, I mean, South Auckland is is gonna have a voice for veganism where it is and it's there's not a lot of welfare movement out there um, well, yeah, um regarding
1: welfare i mean mm. uh, a couple of years back there was the case with this um this dog owner who killed and killed tried his to, dog yeah, tried to cook his dog yeah and um while the welfare bandwagon was there and they tried to jump onto this and um, um you know there's was, there was a lot of coverage in the media about this guy tried to cook his dog and to 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 the residents in that area they understand that what's the difference between this and the lamb, or the you know, or the steak that those people that were concerned were going to consume that night,
0: mm.
1: you know. And then there was another issue with the um, horse meat being sold at the market markets. Right. And then and there was this uproar, and you know, people were angry. How people? How can people do that? But so I mean, this area understands that there's some type of you know hypocrisy. Hypocr- yeah, there is. I mean. So so we're not allowed to eat this, we're not allowed to eat that, but you people are allowed to eat, we're allowed to eat that. Mm. So like like I said again, veganism, ab- abolitionism explains all this, and you know, it covers this. And these are issues that abolitionists have, so it res- resonates with us, because mm. there's is issues that we have. People coming to this area, telling us, don't eat that, but you can eat this. Mm. And then we asked, what's the difference between a, a lamb and a, you know, and, and, and the dog? Oh, because one is classified as pet, and one is classified as... Um, you know? Yeah that's, that's food
0: That's that's so yeah. I mean it,
1: it's very confusing. You know, and the justification is confusing. And who else who else highlights this? Abolition. Gary's approach highlights this. Mm. So, you know, as a person that experienced this and listened to Gary, and you know, I understand yeah. that. Now I understand what's going on because there's someone else in the animal rights and the animal rights um, arena that understands this, because the majority don't. And the majority, like you said, the welfare's they don't get this. You know, they look, Oh, how can you eat a pig head? I mean, what's the difference? Yeah, exactly. I think you know, Gary covered this with his carnism. You know, what's the difference between the meat and the um the milk? Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's an issue that Gary and evolution has been trying to address for a long time and it's exactly what we are going through. You know, people coming in our in our area and complaining about what's on our table without realising Mm. That, uh, exactly, know, so. exactly.
0: And um, also what you say about single issue campaigns, um, um, and you pointed out that um, you said something really amazing that I never thought of, that it gives people a an excuse, it's a tool, it's providing people with a cover for actual racism. Um, not so. In people who are already racist now have this excuse of these these. You know, people who are racist against Chinese, but in a, in our society, supposedly you got to be politically correct, and you might not quite get away with racism as easily. You know, you might get talked to a little bit if you're openly racist, whereas they can use this single issue campaign to fuel the, their racism and, and express their racism unchallenged as well. You yeah, said. Well, yeah I
1: think we mentioned that before. I did uh, cover on that. The fear is that my fear is that. Is single-issue campaigns a platform for people to express those racial uh, sentiments that they hold, you know? And you know, it, it seems to be a platform where you can do that, and it, under the umbrella of protests, you know, things
0: like that. And with a lot of support, yeah. and supposedly yeah. from progressive yeah. people, such yeah. as so the animal rights movement, supposedly.
1: Yeah. And I think that's my fear I have. Mm. We are, I, I, you know, that's my understanding and the way I look at it is um, these platforms are, are, are a means of target. I understand they're trying to raise the issue with uh, of animal welfare, but I mean, so we we're going to step on you know this particular subgroup to benefit another particular issue. And I think um, Gary explains that as well in abolition. You know, mm. you can't use this form of discrimination to to better another form. How Gary points out in using sexism with Peter's uh, protesting and their their single issue campaigns. You know it's um so i kind of see i kind of fear that I hope it's not happening but then uh, you know, we all we see you know there's evidence there i think i i know, think it probably i mean is. just just go online or go to a a um a whale protest and you know you find all the um the anti japanese um slogans being yeah you know, it's um and it's not nice you know it's it's not nice so yeah, yeah the same thing happened with the um uh, the horse consumption in south auckland and right. then, this guy in Mangere who killed this dog yeah. you know it's um, what other you know so that's my issue with single issue campaigns um, do they provide their platform for people to express that and if they do then organizers need to figure out another way and abolition, vegan abolition not allowing SICs altogether safeguards that.
0: Exactly you know? exactly. It, you know? not to or, mention yeah. their speciesist yeah. as or, well. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Why
1: provide a platform and, and, and take the risk of someone coming in with the anti-Asian or anti-Japanese, anti-Pacific island sediments, when we just don't do the middle, but then, like you said, the.
0: Yeah. yeah. And they're speciesist, they're speciesist and they're, ca- they're counterproductive well. in in so many ways. I mean, we could have an entire podcast about single issue campaigns. In fact, I could probably do 20 because mm. they seem to be, but that insight to me was really, I mean, we all know that they, they fuel racial sentiment, but I'd never thought of people being able to jump, you know, people who are just racist being able to jump on them and they're under this cover and they get a chance to unchallenged, mm. you know, express racism. In a way that is supposedly progressive and gets a lot of support, so it, I think your fear is well founded. Yes. Actually, Bubs, I don't think it's a, fe- I don't think it's just a fear or just a, a theory. I think it's probably very real. So you're um, providing a platform for racists to um, express their hatred for other um, uh, races um, uh, under the guise of some kind of progressive movement to, to, towards helping, you know, animal rights or something. Mm. I mean, the whole thing is just terrible, but. Um, I kind of used to think it was the other way around. I kind of thought that the single issue campaigns, you know, caused the the, the sentiment. But of course, it would go both ways. I think that's a very logical, logical thing to to think. Yeah. yeah
1: but that's one reason why I don't follow them because I can't stand the anti-Japanese, especially with the whaling issue, and the anti-Chinese with the fishing issue in the Pacific Ocean. Mm. And I mean, you know, these people are just coming out of the woodworks and throwing around all these anti-you um, know ethnic slurs and everything and you know, it's, yeah. it's, you don't want to be part of that. And yeah. so my question is to the organisers, you know, what are they doing? You know, how do they safeguard? How do they safeguard these, um, these um, not only events, but these campaigns? Maybe um, internet campaigns or what you call the um, you know, protests, protests and all yeah. that. How, they do they, don't. how do they safeguard that? They can't. They can't and they don't. Yeah, they and
0: don't. maybe some of the organisers are themselves... You know doing mm. it because a lot of these campaigns are in run are, are they're not run by vegans you know yeah. um yeah. they are supported by vegans but they're mm. not run by by vegans um but some of them are run by vegans which is you know very troubling like yeah. like we say abolitionist veganism is I mean there are vegans who are racist and who are sexist, um, but they're still vegan. But abolitionist veganism. which is why at uh, one time I tried to say say something like it's beyond veganism, and that's what it is to me. It's like this. Uh, it's just this um, connection, which which is one of the things that's going to make it. A, it's it's a winner. It's already a winner. It's already resonating with people um, all around the world, and um, and we're going to keep it going here in New Zealand, Aotearoa. The New Zealand tabs chapter has officially launched. So. I'm yeah, excited. Very excited. Yeah.
1: And it's going to be... Um,
0: it's going to be great. And it's summertime. So we've actually got an event coming up um, at the Greyland Festival, which is in out my neighborhood. And I live in a suburb of Auckland City, which is, um, is going to be full of Happy meet people. This, this is one of those neighborhoods that's very tainted by welfarism. Um, uh, it's a pretty wealthy neighborhood. And um, there's a lot, like there's a local Whole Foods and they have the, you know, it's 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 not Whole Foods like the American brand, it's called Whole Foods. And they do have vegan products there, but they have a lot of happy products there. And um, doing something in this neighborhood, we did it the other day, we did a jam on toast, um, little festival, but this is going to be a big one. And I think we're going to have to prepare ourselves, yes, yes. bubs, for a lot of happy meat, happy meat people. And we're going to have a lot of damage to undo, thanks yeah. to the welfare movement. They have no idea how much damage it does until you go out there into a community that really buys into this whole, you know, a progressive, supposedly progressive, forward-thinking, you know, community, like the one I live in, where yes, there are vegan options, but it's like vegan or vegetarian or happy meat, it's all the same, you know, it's really, and I think it's going to be an interesting day, I really do, but um, we're going to be there with our TAVS banner and our TAVS literature and, um, and just bringing our vegan advocacy to this festival. I don't know what other groups might be there, there might be a safe stall there um have no idea who's going to be there but we will definitely be there and it's not going to be the last we do have a lot of plans um uh yeah
1: and so i mean for someone who wants to come along what do they need to do oh well if you're
0: listening to this and you're in auckland um we have a mailing list that we started um in, 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 in the anticipation that we were going to be a TAVS chapter but even even if we were never actually a TAVS chapter itself officially we were still going to do vegan advocacy and promote TAVS um, and we've already started doing that so there's an email that you can email us on which is TAVS that's T-A-V-S it stands for the Abolitionist Vegan Society so TAVS.Auckland is that right?
1: yes
0: at gmail.com it's
1: TAVS.Auckland.NZ
0: ah oh, is it okay sorry tabs. auckland. nz at gmail.com also um, there's um so that's probably the best way is just email us and say you want to be on the email list and we will keep you informed but the event itself just so you know and you can write it in your diaries is the 30th of um, November so it's in two weeks and no like yeah like two weeks just under two weeks so the 30th of November this year and it's a huge event in a really big park and we're kind of in the middle in the community um sort of place so right sort of in the middle there'll be like a double line of of um tents I guess you could say and so just keep an eye out for us um if you go to that festival and we we welcome you to come along and hang out and um if you're vegan and you want and you're interested in doing vegan advocacy and you're interested in becoming a TABS advocate, we can point you to the Abolitionist Vegan Society registration page where you can register and um, and then you can, you're can you welcome to um, join in on our TABS advocacy and also we're going to hopefully inspire you to do your own TABS advocacy because we need advocates all over the place. We don't just want it to be one place, one day, every day. This is the same place, same people. We want to spread out a bit, but um, you need to sort of know your stuff. So we welcome you to come along. And check us out on the thirtieth of uh November at the Grayland park, um which is a pretty big park in um in Grayland, and you can just google it if you don't know where that is so what else um anything else you wanna to say to the listeners
1: um I think um everyone can be an advocate
0: mm.
1: whether you're in the public or not mm. so don't think that um you know being vegan is enough, and you cannot be an advocate that you know, we'll let Elizabeth do the advocacy and we just, um, we do the support now. We're all advocates. You know, Whether you're advocating to your family and friends or be like Elizabeth and I who hit the streets and advocate to the public, we're all advocates.
0: Mm.
1: I think that's that's a good message. Yeah. I agree. You know, we're all advocates. Head over to the TABS website, register, You know, and uh, let your journey begin there.
0: That's right. That is you the know? place to go. That is the hub yeah. of this movement. So it's The Abolitionist. No, it's not. It's abolitionistvegansociety.org. Abolitionistvegansociety.org.
1: And the website is run by... Um, and the Sarah? website is
0: run by Sarah K. Woodcock, who's the founder of the Abolitionist Vegan Society. And um, so, but but all the information's there. If you go to abolitionistvegansociety.org, and they also have a Facebook page as well.
1: And Do you get free um, pamphlets by signing up?
0: You can order pamphlets. You can you can ask for pamphlets for free. Um, if you have a little bit of money to put towards the pamphlets, I encourage that because they do cost money and one person cannot pay for everything. So try to do your bit. But if you cannot afford to donate, order pamphlets because other people donate on your behalf. That's what a movement's about. Some It's called spreading the wealth. So um, you can get free pamphlets shipped to you okay and you just discuss that with you just apply online and then they'll just discuss amounts with you and how many you need and things like that and then maybe at a later date you can donate some money to the websites so that somebody else can get some pamphlets on a t- at another time, so you, or if you, if you want to just do it yourself, you, there's actually a downloadable version, there's an A4 version for people in our part of the world, and there's a U.S. letter version, and you can download them, and get them printed at your local printer, and that may be cheaper for you, it's definitely easier for the Abolitionist Vegan Society, namely Sarah, if you print out your own, because it just saves her having to do it, but, um, you can definitely order it, that's part of being, this movement, is having these resources for people, um, and, um, so um, just go register and then you'll see the links like if you just explore the website take a little bit of time You'll see TAVS resources and it will point you to pamphlets There's also information sheets that you can download and print out locally. I don't think those are delivered worldwide I think those you print out and um, and that's and that's and there is um, There's a tabs pin campaign but a um, oh, one very important thing which we learned is that we they only want donations from vegans Um, The whole point of TABS is to get people to go vegan. So we don't want to give non-vegans an excuse not to go vegan. And they can say, well, I donated to TABS, so I did my part. So obviously this message is for vegans who want to be TABS advocates. Be vegan first, and then um, you can order your pamphlets and uh, and you can donate money if you're vegan. They only want money from vegans to help pay for the materials because one person can't be expected to pay for thousands and thousands of color pamphlets. And, um, and also check out the TABS pin campaign um, if you are vegan because that is a fantastic campaign and I'm wearing my pin and um, I wear it every day. And it's, um, it's just a way of getting the logo out there and the message out there. Mm. And it's a conversation starter.
1: That's right. So remember that. Please head over to the TABS website, mm. register, get mm. your free um, leaflets from mm. Sarah and start your advocacy. Mm. I mean, it doesn't need to be in the public. It can be with family and friends. I think we've all started there. You know, I think the first people we ever talk about veganism to is our family. Yeah. You know, I think all advocates go through that. It's just that Elizabeth and I are now in the public, you know, out there in these um, festivals where there's 10,000, 50,000, uh, you know, participants. But your advocacy could start, you know, right away. Yeah. With your family and friends, right away. And then as you build up with confidence and get the courage, and then you can head out out onto the street. Mm. Or to public events or to your local university. But it has to start somewhere. And Tabs is a great place to start. I think, how much um, leaflets will she send you for free?
0: Uh, you, you, talk, talk, you just talk about that when you, when you order them. You'll okay. probably get an email. And um, you can say this is how many I think I need, and um, and you can just organize it. And and like I said, and also you can. I mean, the the, what we really want is for people to get the message. We want we want the vegan message out there, the abolitionist vegan message. So you can leave leaflets at your local library. There's all kinds of wonderful places where you can leave these beautiful leaflets that have the Abolitionist Vegan Society on them. They have the message of veganism, and um, that's another way. Of of helping spread the word and get people interested um, in the in the movement and to get people interested in veganism. So, um, and um, I mean, it's interesting that you mentioned talking to your family because I, I have a family who flat out refuses to talk to me. Mm. That that's why I hit the streets. It's so yeah. interesting. Yeah. Um, but we we kind of started there. Though. I started there. Yeah. I started with my friends in New York. Yeah. I started yeah. with my friends in New York. And they kind of rolled their eyes and said, where are we going to eat, you know, and and that kind of thing. But they did listen. A couple of them did. And um, because they saw me frantically getting rid of all my possessions. And they said, okay, she's really serious about this (laughs) because I couldn't hold on to these non-vegan things anymore. Um, So, yeah, he's right. He's right. But um, we do want advocates. We don't want people – we don't want to give you a way out of where you can just – we, want, we need people out there of, of all shapes and sizes to be advocates and the, what you, you need to start practicing talking about veganism. You need to practice talking about it because it's not something that a lot of vegans are really used to doing in a way that is um, the way that we're suggesting which is educational and getting out there and um, dealing with the reactions. You're going to have negative yes. reactions. You just have to learn to deal with it. You're also going to have a lot of positive reactions, especially nowadays. Believe me, I've been doing a street stall for four years now, which is not a very long time. And in that four years, the change has been unbelievable. Okay, it's been astonishing, I'm telling you. So um, don't be afraid to um, start having these conversations and you'll probably be surprised with your family. My family is now realizing they're finding vegan stuff everywhere. There's articles in the paper, there's recipes in the paper, and they're pointing it out to me and saying, oh, look at this, your your little hobby's taking off, you know, kind yeah. of thing, you know? And I'm like, hey, get used to it, it's only just begun, kind of thing. No, so. But yeah,
1: you're so right. I mean, once you get out there, you get a taste and you get over those fears, mm. you know, like um, a couple of months back, I joined Elizabeth on one of her um, street um, stalling, mm. her street stalls, and yeah. The first time I just sat there and observed her and I thought, wow, you know, how does she do this? This must be so difficult. This, you know, <laughs> How does this person do this? Yeah. And then after giving it a go, I think Elizabeth left the store to me for a couple of minutes. And then, you know, she I was forced to interact with the public and talk about veganism. And, you know, a couple of months down the line, here I am now. Yeah. You know, that fear is gone and I think you, everyone will get over that quickly yeah
0: absolutely yeah, absolutely I, I agree you absolutely will yeah. Um, so yeah so tune in for more hopefully Bubs will be a guest on my podcast again I'm very glad to have him and would you like to play a little song
1: yeah we've got the guitar here um, I wouldn't call it a song just a couple of chords
0: play some music? i got. that's beautiful thanks so much <laughs> i was just gonna let you play it out but oh, we'll okay. say goodbye okay. all right okay. thank you so much for listening everybody and um go vegan stay vegan and become a tabs advocate
1: yes and see you out there see you out there